The Mommy Wines Podcast is a Mommy Wines Network and Emma Don production. Brought to you by Coffee Over Cardio, NakedWines.com, and Zaya Active. Okay, wine moms, I have an announcement. I will no longer be taking a commission from my Zaya Active sales. Instead, I want you all to shop through the Mothers Without Borders event when you visit my Zaya Active website and snag up your favorite activewear. Every quarter, I will take the proceeds from the event and donate them directly to Mothers Without Borders. This is a nonprofit organization that aids orphaned children and empowers the local women living in Zambia. I recently had the pleasure of meeting this organization's head operators and connected with their mission. Now, since a 33-hour flight going across the world would leave me in a constant state of pure and utter panic, I am donating my revenue instead of my lack of laborer or shift skills. (laughs) Nobody wants that. To do your part to help and join the cause, all you have to do is shop the Mothers Without Borders event on myzaya.com backslash emadon, or you can donate directly at motherswithoutborders.org. Are you a fan of the Mommy Wines podcast? Well, of course you are, or you wouldn't be hearing this right now. One of the best ways to support the show you love, besides obviously tuning in every Wine Wednesday for new episodes, is shopping the Mommy Wines merch store on teespring.com. This is where you'll find all of the Mommy Wines branded goodness, mugs to hold your coffee over cardio morning java, iPhone and Samsung cases, premium ultra soft hoodies perfect for upcoming cooler months, and of course flowy teas and tanks flattering on every mommy out there. Go shop the Mommy Wine storefront on teespring.com and make sure to use code WINEMOM for free shipping. I don't know how, but technology these days, it just is... Seamless. Yeah. I love Anchor. And speaking of starting a podcast, um, well, here, actually, we should do an introduction. <laughs> Tell okay. people who you are. Yeah, okay, let's do that. <laughs> Hi, everyone. <laughs> Welcome to the show that's already five minutes in. Um, it's okay. It's, it's not super... Tighten it around here. Um, but I'm your host, Emma Dunn, and today I'm sitting down. Did you create W Collective? W Collective? Yeah. Yes. And your name is Robin. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so welcome to the show. Thank you. Now tell everybody what W Collective is. Okay. So W Collective is a platform, um, and I'm calling it the hub for um, female entrepreneurs and executives. Um, and our purpose right now, as it stands, is to amplify and elevate women, their businesses, um, and conversations that we're not having particularly in Utah, but of course nationally and globally as well. Yeah. But one step at a time, we're <laughs> conquering Utah. <laughs> and so I wanted it to be something that was sophisticated in its name. So instead of another like women, you know, something or ladies something, I wanted it to be a little bit more sophisticated where the W could represent so many different things. Yeah. So it could represent women, wealth, wellness, Things like that. So we started, we launched at the end of August of this year, um, and we've had pretty good traction, and the whole idea is we interview women and across the board because we tend to have a really big focus on women in tech and 
yes, technology is continuing to grow and it's, you know, supposedly the stat is like one in seven jobs in Utah is in technology. So yes, I mean, it's a huge industry, but I feel that we overlook a lot of other industries and particularly women in those industries. So we really want to be able to interview women across the board. It doesn't matter if you're an entrepreneur and executive or you run a business or you're a small business owner. Like I think that everyone's career path is different. And I think that we really need to highlight that so that other women reading about, you know, reading these interviews be like, oh, she started, you know, her own whatever shop. I've always wanted to do that. So we want to kind of almost create that kind of inspiration instead of thinking that like women's only path to success is if you work in technology. (laughs) So that's one aspect. So interviewing women across the board. Featuring their businesses, whether it's women run, own, co-founded, or founded, because we tend to leave out a lot of female co-founders, right? Because Mm -hmm. your male co-founder gets a lot of the highlight, right? Oh, yeah, that's true. Um, And then conversations about career and just leadership and various other things. Um, So that's what we're doing right now. And what we're hoping to do is to... um, Add some other things. So I'm really um, obsessed with these master classes. Have you heard of them? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so I was thinking to myself that, you know, a lot of the issues that women face, I feel as though that we are not giving women enough um, options out there, whether it's to empower them as entrepreneurs or to empower them as as executives. And this comes from my own um, experience. So this year, earlier this year, I left my job, but it was actually kind of like a mutual parting, if you will, because <laughs> I wasn't happy. Um, my mother-in-law, you know, has been going through breast cancer. She's going through super intense radiation treatment every single day for like two months. And I lost my mom to cancer. So I just was like, you know what? Life's too short, yeah. <laughs> you know? And so I wanted, so I wasn't happy. Then that was part of the catalyst. And then the other was like, you know what? I really need to be there for my mother-in-law. But I have to tell you, after taking that time to be with her, you know, and then trying to get back into the job market, to this day, so this is from May of this year, still figuring that aspect out. Really? Oh, yeah. See, it's crazy, too, because what did you do that you left? Were you in, like, finance or corporate? So I was in the co-working space. Okay. So I was the director at Kiln at the Salt Lake City location. So they're located in the Gateway. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so um, prior to that. That's way downtown. It is. And I live right there. I'm oh, like, you do? yeah, okay. I live right there. I was there. like, for me, I'm like, oh no, downtown. I know. I know. And I'm like, <laughs> I love downtown. <laughs> so prior to Kiln, I was the director of the Impact Hub for a couple of years. And, you know, and I loved it. I love, I mean, I've been involved with co working in some way, shape, or form. If it's not like doing an event in a space, it was going to an event. It was, you know, just being part of that entrepreneurial community. Yeah. So when I had an opportunity to be the director of the Impact Hub, I was like, yes, you know. <laughs> and I came off of a high because, you know, that that company was faltering a little bit in certain areas, you know. So I think when I walked in, there were maybe 60% capacity, which is low, right? 
um, and just a bunch of different like processes and procedures and like onboarding members and offboarding members and what their contracts I mean every aspect of the business needed to be revamped and so you know after like six months Revenue increased by 60%. We were 100% capacity. We stayed 100% capacity for five months, maybe almost six, which is like unheard of. Yeah. You know, unheard of in the industry. My time there was probably about like 99 to 5% capacity, like occupancy overall. Um, we did like this amazing sponsorship with Slack. You know, I produced like Women's Week for two years in a row. Um, I mean, the list goes on. I helped bring um, Carta, which is a fintech company from the Bay Area. Oh, fun. So they had an initial team of 27. Everyone refused them. Every co-working space was like, we don't know what to do with you. <laughs> like, we can't fit you. And I was like, we're going to figure out a way, you know. <laughs> and now they're one of the largest companies here, you know. And I feel like I'm like almost a part of that, right? Like Aww, it wasn't for yeah. me, you know. So I really did a lot of amazing things. But the growth part of it, right? Like, what does this look like two, three, four, five years down the road? I just didn't see much. So I thought, well, why don't we go to a company that really does have, like, some growth trajectory? But it was very different. You know, I came from the hub where I felt like it was my business and, like, the founders and the board of directors were like, do what you need to do, Robin. I was like, all right. And that's where I think I, my success came from. Um, but at Kiln, I was like put in a little box and it was just kind of like, this is what you do here. And this is like, I've like run businesses, guys, you know, like, oh my gosh, I so get that. Cause that was just the situation that I had, um, recently, like right here is my EEOC case number. No kidding. Um, yeah. And trying, taking a little bit of time off. And then trying to get back into something, especially if it's, like, corporate or something like that, yeah. it's, like, impossible because yeah. I'm from Cleveland, and people look at my resume, and they see, like, Ohio on there, and they're like, oh, no. And really? Yeah. But then I took um, almost two years off with my son. Yeah. It's, like, a year and a half, year, nine months-ish. Yeah. Um, and they're like, oh, so what is your experience in the past two years? And I'm like, well, I have a decade of financial, (laughs) you know, raising a child. Like I know. And they don't, they don't, it's so frustrating for me. I'm not a mom yet. So that's been a 10 year journey of infertility. Maybe we'll do another (laughs) show on that one just alone. But they don't look at women's skills in terms of, you know, bringing a child into this world, right? And managing that. And nine times out of 10, you are managing your household. Oh, yeah. Right? And then beyond that, you're probably managing your finances, right? And then the list goes on. And it's so crazy to me how these companies don't understand, like, all those skills are so vital and so transferable. They don't look at it. And it get, gets worse and worse because now it's like, well, what software do you know? And all these other little, you know, idiosyncratic things that they think we need to know. It's just kind of like, well, if I have this list of incredible transferable, you know, skills, right? Right. Like, then bring me on and whatever software you feel I need to know, train me on it. Yeah. I'm like, why is that such a, and this actually leads me to the masterclass thing, which leads back to like my whole frustration this year. And I mean, I can't tell you how many jobs I've applied to. 
and how many rejections I've, I've received. And, you know, I mean, I'm 46, so, and I realize that, you know, some people will probably take a little bit of the age factor into consideration, which is sad, because then I feel like we have this really subtle thing of ageism going on yeah. that no one's talking about, you know? But, like, I feel like nine times out of ten, the rejection has come from, like, not knowing, like, soft, uh, Salesforce or Marketo or all these things. And I was like, I wonder what Well, they're other not women... hard things to learn, either. It's like... They're not. It's like if you were a, a server, a waitress... Mm-hmm. And you used a, a point of sale system at Applebee's and you yeah. wanted to go work at, I don't know, Olive Garden. Yeah. And they have a different point of sale system. They'll teach it to you. It is literally <laughs> not rocket science to figure it out. I know. And it's yeah. like, I do, and I've done this on and off since 2013. I've done bookkeeping and like accounting services. I'm not a CPA. Yeah. But I've done bookkeeping, payroll, all of this stuff. I've been using QuickBooks yeah. desktop. Yeah. I love Now, QuickBooks. everybody's like, oh, you need to be QuickBooks online certified, which I'm working on. It doesn't take like okay. tons of, you know, sure. stuff. You just do it through the website. Yeah. But it's like, I've been doing QuickBooks since 2013. Like, what does a couple hours of my time taking some you know, yes. like video training courses. Yes. What is that really going to do for you? Exactly. Are you a coffee lover just like me? Sipping my morning Java is the only way I can keep up with my toddler and busy lifestyle. That's why I love Coffee Over Cardio. Coffee Over Cardio is a premium coffee company started by female entrepreneur Abby Scott. Whether you love a good flavored blend or a strong roast, Coffee Over Cardio is ideal for any jitterbug. They are also carb-free, keto-friendly, sugar-free, and gluten-free. So pretty much that means they're completely guilt-free. Try Coffee Over Cardio's most popular flavors today, French Toast and New Doctor's Orders Vanilla Hazelnut. Yum! (laughs) Make sure to use code 10EMADON to save at checkout. Once again, that's 10EMADON at coffeeovercardio.com. They're like, oh, you have to have a, you know, a bachelor's in accounting. And I'm like, no, I don't because I'm a bookkeeper. Like, exactly. <laughs> I'm not an accountant. Exactly. Like, I, it's, it's like so crazy. Yeah. So like what we want to do as an extension of the W Collective is partner with people that actually do boot camps and different types of courses. Oh, I'm working do, on two of them right now. Really? And do an all female cohort. Because, a couple of different reasons. One is, let's say you want to learn Marketo or any kind of like software, right? Nine times out of ten, you know, men just naturally kind of take it upon themselves, right? They're just, there just seems to be this like natural connection to, you know, either engineering or technical stuff or whatnot, right? Where we are maybe like more broad marketing or like communications or PR, whatever yeah. that looks like, right? So... If there is like a room of, you know, 20 guys and you're the only woman, it's very intimidating. And so we don't necessarily take it upon ourselves to want to do like face-to-face courses because it's just intimidating. Yeah. But I was like, if it was a room full of all women, right, that are like collaborating and connecting together to like learn this, I think it's that much more powerful. I think women would be much more comfortable in actually like taking the course. And as much as we have all this stuff, you know, all these online courses at our fingertips, 
there's still, you know, science back stuff in terms of like learning in like a face-to-face, yeah. you know, tangible environment. So I'm talking to about four different groups of people that teach. So one teaches a project management certification. One teaches um, an e-commerce like product marketing course. Another Fun. one teaches like an entrepreneurship boot camp. And another one does like a digital marketing, you know, kind of big cohort. And so I'm talking to each of them and saying like, hey, would you be interested in taking this and doing like an all-female cohort, you know, and we promote it and we try and get the tuition sold, so get butts and seats. And from that, we take a percentage. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. So that's like what we're trying to do. So that's No, please go out and work for free. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) right now. I'm like, Zoe Clyde does make money somehow. (laughs) So people are really interested in it. They like the idea. Um, a lot of them struggle to get women signed up, you yeah. know, so I'm like, well, there's that. So that's what we're trying to do as an extension of the brand come 2020 and still with everything else, still with the content and all of that. Um, we're slowly building out our events page. So we want to curate, you know, a great list of events that women can attend. And it's not just, you know, events that are by women for women. I mean, it's really like a curated list of events that we think are the most beneficial for women. So we're doing that, and then we're also building out our resources page, which is just all the awesome you know, organizations um, that are across the, the state. Um, some of them are women-focused, some aren't. So it could be like you know Women's Leadership Institute, and then it could be Silicon Slopes, right? But resources oh, where you're learning about all the different types of organizations that we have here, and ones that you want to be a part of, and just curate it like all in one spot. So yeah. that's what we're doing. That's super cool. It's so crazy too because I'm newer to this whole co-working kind of thing. Yeah. I always thought I was like, okay, well, I'll either go to an office or I'll just work from home. Yeah. And luckily over the years I've had that flexibility. And I don't know. I was talking to actually I was talking to my massage therapist yeah. <laughs> about this the other day. Um and I was sitting there and I was like he he said something. And I was like, oh my God, that triggered in my brain. But it was like, oh yeah, I remember that. But it was like five years ago. Right. And I kind of have this thing because I'm not from Utah. I'm, yeah. I'm a transplant here. Yeah. And I've kind of noticed over my experience of living here is everything seems to be about five years behind. Sadly, yes. <laughs> and and, and it's, it's very strange because like I've never experienced things even just like if we're going to stay on the professional route or the yeah. employment route, my last employer, I'm going through this giant case right now of just multi-levels of discrimination. Really? And I have never experienced anything. And I've moved all over. Me different too. states. I'm from Ohio. I now yeah. live here. I've been everywhere in between. Yeah. And I come here and I've never been looked at and felt like a being a woman was a bad thing and it's so weird Girl. because <laughs> like someone at my last job literally said my life was very sad and pathetic because I was a single mother that turned 30 and I am like um okay well I'm 30 really? yeah and like I took that like extra to heart because I have PCOS 
So I was always told I have tons of scarring and Mm -hmm. I was always told that I wasn't going to be able to have kids. Mm -hmm. And I kind of, in my earlier days of being, you know, an adult woman, I kind of accepted that. I threw myself into working. I took random opportunities that I probably would never have taken if I would have settled down and had kids earlier. But now I have my son, and I'm, like, I'm obsessed with him. Like, have you seen my Instagram? It's (laughs) disgusting. Like, I'm that mom. Yeah. And she's, like, sitting there, and it was, my birthday this year was on a Sunday. Mm -hmm. And I come into work on Monday, and she's like, oh, what did you do, you know, for your birthday? And I was like, well, my son was with his dad, so I just kind of hung out at home. And she's like, oh, your life always just sounds, like, just so sad. She's like, how – she's like, you didn't have any, like, friends. You didn't go out. You didn't have anybody come over. And I'm like, well, I'm not from here, Mm -hmm. you know. And she's like, oh, that's just so pathetic. And she's like, you're just – you have a son, but he's not even with you on your birthday. I was like, are you freaking kidding me? Wow. I was like, who just has the balls to say something like that? Apparently she did. Right. (laughs) And it was also crazy, too, because, like, I get it that in her belief system, it's very ingrained in her brain to get married, have kids, and be this big, large family unit. Mm -hmm. And maybe my lifestyle and my family unit looks a little bit different than her idea of what it should look like. Of course. I was like, but you still don't sit there and say something like that. Like, if I was wearing an orange sweater, and maybe orange wasn't my color... I don't want you to come up and tell me that my sweater looks ugly on me. No, I mean, like, <laughs> you just don't do that. And, like, quite frankly, so, yes, and I could go off on my own tangent about the things that occur here in Utah compared to other places I've lived. So I'm from Toronto, Canada, originally. Oh, nice. And I've lived in two continents, three countries, and seven cities. So I've lived, you know, in a couple different cities in Canada, several here. I even lived in Brazil. So I definitely feel like I have, you know, really good hands-on perspective of just different culture and, and whatever that looks like. Yeah. And, you know, it's really quite amazing how there's aspects of the community and culture here that I do think is great, right? So compared to, let's say, living in a New York, right, where work-life balance doesn't really exist, where I'm like, <laughs> yeah. oh, it exists here. So there's definitely aspects that I think are positive. The nev- negative aspects are bleak, and they go beyond just, like, your type of experience, where, yeah. you know, right now Utah is 49th in the country for the wage gap. We're 46th in terms of, so 46 in the nation in terms of percentage of women in executive roles. And so what's interesting to me. It's good though. No, it's (laughs) it's really sad. And so what's interesting is on the surface you hear about Silicon Slopes, right, and the growth of the valley, you know, and all these tech companies and this boom that's happening. And the boom is happening. But when you peel away the layers, that mentality of like, oh, we're still five years behind in whatever areas. It still exists. And I would even, like, go further and say eight to ten years in other aspects. Oh, yeah. It's not even just, like, the workplace. It's, like, music, like, slang terms that I hear people say. Like, it was so crazy, too, because I actually, I found Utah. Being from Ohio, Utah was never 
like relevant to my life. Like the West was just the West. Neither me. Like <laughs> you know, there and was, I lived in LA, but like yeah, there was California. Yeah, I'm like, and then like Mountain West. What is that? Whatever else <laughs> there is, you know, yeah. just one big West place, and yeah. then California. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but. You know, and it's just, like, funny because when I was in southern Utah, I moved from Las Vegas, and I took a job in southern Utah, Mm -hmm. and, like, it was funny because I used to play this video game with my nephew called Tony Hawk Pro Skater, Mm -hmm. and, but that was cool when my nephew was little, like, (laughs) you know, and then I get to southern Utah, and I'm, like, I'm seeing kids with flippy Justin Bieber hair and skateboarding and, and you know, baggy jeans. And I'm like, where am I? Did I just, like, drive through the time zone? Like, right. <laughs> I, yeah. Is this, like, a, you know, like, whatever, what is that show that, um... Where they're like two forensic people, the Twilight Zone. Oh yeah, I was like, yes. yeah. I was like, yes. did I literally go back in time? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, but it's you know, just so funny to me. But then for me, that's also the opportunity, mm-hmm. right? And so, especially for something like what you're trying to yeah. accomplish here. Yeah, you know, that's this the is the opportunity. A, this is a good place to start because, yeah. like, there are a lot of the more traditional ways of thinking and I think mm-hmm. people just accept that and they they like that because they don't have to get up and go to work it's every like day. Comfort zone. Yeah, they're comfortable. But then yeah. there's people like me where even though I did stay home with my son for almost two years, I wrote a series of children's books. Right. I created a a profitable blog. Right. I published a, a toddler recipe book and right. I had the idea and I started this podcast and I just I did things. Like I can't just like turn my mind off and watch Teletubbies all day. Right. <laughs> right. You know? Well but then taking what you did, right? And and what's ironic is so when we look at, you know, wage gap or percentage of women in executive roles or any of those statistics, right? When we look at the traditional family values that exist yeah. here. What's fascinating is, is that, you know, some of the most successful bloggers, influencers, whatever you want to call them, are here in Utah. Like, when you look at, let's say if you were to take the top 20, 25, 30, a lot of them exist here. And a good amount of them are Mormon. And the irony is, is that, like, here are these women that, you know, on the surface, we'd be like, okay, they're stay-at-home moms. But they're killing it, like, within their, you know, family household, right? Like, behind closed doors, you know? Like, they're the influencer, and they're bringing in all this money for... And so we don't count that the same as though that you were actually working outside of the home, like, in an executive role. And that was my issue when I wanted to go back to work, is because people were like, oh, well, what did you do for two years? And I was like... You're like, here's the list. I did a ton. (laughs) I know. You know? Like, I kept the books of, Mm -hmm. you know, like, it. it's crazy, too, because when you have, like, multiple sources of, you know, not job, I guess, related income, you know, Mm -hmm. not W-2 income... You still have to track those earnings. And of course. luckily, I was in Nevada. And Nevada, I think, is great in so many ways. Mm-hmm. I love the state of Nevada. Mm-hmm. I really loved living there. We lived in Reno there. for a hot minute. Really? So, yeah. <laughs> I loved it. Um, but one of the things I was told when I tried to figure out, I went to an accountant and I was like, okay, this is what I have for you. I don't mm-hmm. know what I have to pay or do or how to kind of file this yeah I was like but this these are my books here you go 
And he looked at it and he's like, oh, you don't have to. And I was like, what do you mean? And he's like, oh, well, you're a, you're a woman, so you have to make at least certain amount of money to be classified as a business. Or like, and I really? had, yeah. So you had to make a certain amount of money per year if you're a female sole proprietor to even be classified as a business. And what is that base minimum? I don't know. Like, And then what would the stipulation be for a male sole proprietorship? I don't, I don't know. I don't think there is anything. But, yeah, okay. he was like, yeah, you don't have to file business taxes. Hmm. And I was like, oh, like, oh, okay. Like, great for uh, me. Yeah, right? I was like, I'll take it. But then I was like, I was thinking back, and I was like, that's so weird. Mm-hmm. It's like, I think it was like 30, 40, I don't know, something. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well, like, that's cool. But then I came here, and last year I got hit with a freaking tax return. Are you a fan of the Mommy Wines podcast? Well, of course you are, or you wouldn't be hearing this right now. One of the best ways to support the show you love, besides obviously tuning in every Wine Wednesday for new episodes, is shopping the Mommy Wines merch store on teespring.com. This is where you'll find all of the Mommy Wines branded goodness, mugs to hold your coffee over cardio morning java, iPhone and Samsung cases, premium ultra soft hoodies perfect for upcoming cooler months, and of course, flowy teas and tanks flattering on every mommy out there. Go shop the Mommy Wine storefront on teespring.com and make sure to use code WINEMOM for free shipping. So, <laughs> yeah. I was like, now I gotta pay taxes. You yeah. know, I might move back to right. Nevada well, and just and make a little thing. bit. <laughs> what is it? It's Florida, Nevada, Delaware. There's a few states that the tax structure is completely different. Oh, yeah, Tennessee, too. Yeah. Yeah. So that's... Some of them don't even have state yet. Yeah, I know. But I was like, man, Nevada's where it's at. And I can get my wine delivered to my house. Hello. (laughs) I was actually just looking at... you can go into a grocery store and actually (laughs) buy alcohol in it. Like, wow, what a concept. I know. We're drinking um, White Claw right now. Black cherry. Black cherry white claw <laughs> because I was too lazy to drive to Riverton, which is, it's not that far, but still. Well, and it's a Sunday. It's far enough. Well, yeah, and yeah. it's a Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. Which I, I also, because like now, especially now that I'm not working at that that company anymore, I have no recollection of what day it is. <laughs> I'm just right. like, okay, I wake up, I do the things that I got to do. Yeah. And then I'm done. And then I w- wake up and I, I do yeah, the things like that I gotta Groundhog do. Day, right? It's like, <laughs> and then yeah. I go to sleep and I wake up. And it's like, oh yeah, it's Sunday. And I never went to the liquor store. <laughs> I know. One of these days, I feel like over the course of the years, like Utah will somehow get more relaxed. Well, you know? I think they're and, the only ones left, aren't they? Because it was what, Oklahoma and mm-hmm. one other one? And those are both done. Yeah. So let's see. So. You know, that and legalizing marijuana. Well, that passed the first year I was here. I know. And but then, I don't then know they, what happened. Well, and then last year was like was like for recreation, and it passed, but then they're fighting it. Oh. So, but, you know, eventually. Eventually, it was, it, you know, eventually there will be a tipping point, right, mm-hmm. where it's like, okay, well, all these states, you know, are doing it, and this is the kind of, you know, money they're generating from it, and then this is what they're doing with the money. You know, like, for example, Colorado, Ooh, yeah. um, they've poured a ton of money into, you know, um, updating, like, their 
education system, you know, and like Colorado is like my dream, like, you know, all sorts of stuff. So it's like, if people can just see the correlation between, you know, what it actually does for the individual, right? So like people are drinking less, people are taking less prescription medication, you know, Mm -hmm. like, so there's that side of it. But then saying like, okay, well, they're generating all this money and, and they're putting the money to good use. Like, really honest, valiant, like, important, you know, issues that they're yeah. trying to solve, you know? Like, it's like, okay, like, then we should be all right. But I think that there's a lot of controversy behind, um, I believe it's, like, some connection with, like, the church and a pharmaceutical company here. And there's... Oh, there, yeah. Yeah. So it's like, I am it will so, take some time. I am so into this. It, this <laughs> I feel like I, I never really, like thought about how maybe basic of a person I am, but like (laughs) I am just tipping the scales since moving here in 2018 and I am so now like indulged. My mind is just a curious mind to begin with. I was just born that way and that's how it is. But I am so into like the conspiracy that is Utah and I am just like fascinated and I do like it's just like interests me. Like I'm into all this research and I have found out some of the craziest things and I'm just like, I'm sure. Oh my God. <laughs> it's I nuts. I'm sure. Um, which, and yeah, like I was saying, I might move back to Nevada or I might go to Colorado, but when I was leaving Southern Utah, I drove back to Ohio in a rental car. Okay. Uh, because I was pregnant when I left Southern Utah and went home. Okay. So I didn't really, like, want to fly, but I also didn't want to get rid of all my stuff. <laughs> right. So I, I ordered a rental car and drove home. Um, and I drove through Colorado, and I stopped at a subway. Mm-hmm. And it was in literally the cutest town I've ever seen. The really? cutest suburban town. And it was just, like, everything. The roads were perfect. There was, like, landscaping, and, like, the plazas looked nice. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, I walked in there and I was talking to a friend of mine and I was like, this has to be like the most expensive neighborhood to live in because it's just so like nice and clean and yeah. and pretty looking, you know, like the aesthetic was just there and it was just like tucked away, like, I don't know, probably 30 miles from Vail. Yeah. And I was like, this is like the ideal place to live. Like, this is so beautiful. And the lady at Subway was like, well, it wasn't always like this nice it used to just be like a random western small town right you know like whatever potholes and whatever paint people you know like the aesthetic wasn't there it was just a random small drive-through you know western mountain town yeah and she's like but you know they've dumped so much money into our community um, they've really kind of classed things up. And she's like, I was like, well, do you live in this neighborhood? Like, is it crazy expensive? Like, yeah. would you say it's like a regular Western town or is it like San Francisco? Cause I'm not going to yeah. ask her like how much yeah. did you pay for your house? Yeah. But she's like, no, she's like the prices never went up. Hmm. She's like, but they get so much money from obviously like yeah. the things that they've passed and they tax it and whatever. Yeah. Um, and then her kid walked in wearing a uniform, not like a Catholic schoolgirl uniform, but like yeah. a school uniform. And um, I saw I saw a kid, and I didn't know it was like her kid. Yeah. But I saw a kid, and it was like standing at the end of the subway counter, and I was like, oh, I went to prep school too. And she's like, oh no, I go to public school. Hmm. And I'm like, 
And the same woman that I was talking to was like, oh, yeah, like, the kids in this town, they wear uniforms. And really? because, yeah, because they had a superintendent come in a couple years ago that they kind of, I guess, upgraded their superintendent. Yeah. And they focus on, like, academics and mm. creative arts at their school. Yeah. In particular, some schools are sports schools. Some yeah. schools are That's creative great. arts schools. But they have a really good, like, music and art program, like, performing and creative arts. Um, but the superintendent was like, you know what? I came from prep school, mm-hmm. and it's just a lot less drama that I have to deal with if kids wear uniforms. He's oh, like, yeah. so kids are wearing uniforms. Okay. <laughs> Instead of taking your kid to the mall... And, you know, having the battle of trying to get a teenager, (laughs) you know, appropriate clothing to wear to school, you know, just buy khakis and polos, just buy five of each and then you're done. Back to school shopping is done. Um, But yeah, it was a regular public school. And I also noticed that when I lived in Vegas, Mm -hmm. that a lot of the schools down there, even public were, yeah. I think it's great. I think it's great too. Definitely. I mean, I went to a private school. I mean, that is after getting kicked out of high school. <laughs> Story for another day. <laughs> okay, so how many episodes are we doing? I, I know. Hear that. Oh, I could give you so many episodes just based on like <laughs> stories of my life. You have no idea. But yeah, when my parents found this private school, you know, um, it was actually like a joy that you yeah. didn't have to figure out what you were wearing every single day. And it really does reduce a lot of different things, right? So it's not just about, like, not having to figure out what you're going to wear. Right. But then you're not going to get, like, picked on or bullied or this or that, right? Because your identity now is, like, not defined by, like, what you're wearing. Right. And it really does take away a lot of those issues that kids go through in school. So I think it's a great idea. There were a few schools. Um, I read an article because I still kind of keep up with, like, the Ohio News. For sure. And I do for Toronto. Yeah. yeah. I love it. I, ca- I keep up with what's going on, and there's a few schools in the inner city mm-hmm. of Cleveland, and they have now switched just because bullying has gotten bad, mm-hmm. you know, and a lot of times, like, when you are in an inner city, there's a lot more drama in your personal or home life. Yes. And bullying tends to be higher in areas like that just because I think kids need an outlet, and oftentimes it comes out in a negative way, just they're hormonal kids and they're growing up and they're yeah. learning how to express themselves. And well, and then who knows what they're going through right? At who home knows? And, and and just with smartphone, I mean, right. it's, it's a whole bunch of stuff. So <laughs> they have actually taken the inner schools, um, inner city schools, and put them on dress code like uh, uniforms. And it, they crazy. said it's done wonders. Yeah. I'm sure it has. I love it. I would. I want Milo to wear a uniform. Not only, well, it's already easy to shop for a boy because boys don't really care. Yeah. Except for, of course, my son does. Um, (laughs) Of course. Yeah. You know. But it's just go buy, what, five of each. Yeah. And then you're done. Yeah. It's just easy. Yeah, for sure. And it just eliminates so many problems. Yeah, definitely. Today's episode of the Mommy Wines podcast was brought to you by NakedWines.com. Zaya Active, and Coffee Over Cardio. Do you love the show? Show your support by shopping the Mommy Wines Podcast merch store at teespring.com or by becoming a monthly supporter of the show by clicking the support button 
at anchor.fm backslash mommywines. Or you can use the support link in the show notes below. Have you been wanting to start your own podcast? Join the MW Podcast Network. All info on the MW Network, merch, partnerships, coupon codes, episodes, blog posts, and so much more can be found at themommywines.com. As always, thank you for listening, and until next week, wine moms, parent and drink responsibly.